Hi, we're Carding Academy, your helpers for all things parenting, mental health, and education. I'm Devani. And I'm Stacy. And today we're talking about parenting cliches we hate. is going to be fun because I don't think most people think of us as hating anything. Yeah. <laughs> we do. <laughs> and I will admit that in times of frustration, more so before I was like fully committed to this respectful, gentle parenting way of life, you do hear yourself reverting back to some of these because it's almost like echoes down the hallway of the way you were raised. Yeah. Like in the moment, you just get frustrated. And, you know, when something comes out and you're like, oh, my gosh, I just sounded exactly like my parents. Uh huh. And I think, too, like there's certain things in life we just you just hear all the time. And so even subconsciously, they're getting cemented. Like, like, for example, I have this pet peeve when people say, you know, well, that's the way it's always been done. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, but like, that's not a reason to do something unless it's working so, so, so well. Mm -hmm. it, it's always a good idea to evaluate why you're doing something and if it's working well, and if it is continue, but if it's not, let's, let's make it better. And so I, I have this pet peeve about, well, that's the way it's always been done, but it, it's something you hear people just that rolls off the tongue. I see it in Facebook comments. I see people say it and there's not a lot of thought behind it. And I think that's how these parent cliches can be too. They're just things people say, like my yeah. house, my rules, or you know, whatever these things are that people say just become this accepted thing. For, like people just, yeah, that's what we do. Like we just, we don't question it. It's just what, what they say and we think what we're supposed to do. Yeah, and sometimes I see someone asking a question on social media that you can tell is trying to break out of this mm -hmm. sort of habit of how we parent as a society and they'll ask a question and then the comments are like throwing these cliches right back at them you know yes and i just think oh no yeah because I, I i read the post asking for help through the lens of what you and i do mm -hmm. and i immediately i'm i'm already thinking about the child's perspective and all this like connection and respect and all these things that will make the situation better and you're right the comments are filled with you're not you're in charge and blah 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 and it's it's very like almost like you're running a tight ship and like yep. it's militant you know yep. <laughs> yeah and those answers are i almost want to say like knee jerk right like they they creep into our minds and sometimes into our mouths out of habit and mm -hmm. also like anger that comes from a place of fear yeah and everything we teach and the way we parent and what we cover in our parenting loop takes a little bit longer to dig into so i often feel overwhelmed in the comments section of a social media post because i think 
if I could have coffee with that mom, we would, she would get it. Like we would be able to really dig into Mm -hmm. who she is and how she feels and how much she loves her kids and what's really working well in their home. All the things we do, but in the comments section when 12, 20 people have already said, as long as you live under my roof, you're going to do. Yeah. It's even harder for even, I imagine that's like Cardigan Academy superheroes. You want to like, yeah. (laughs) And some days, some days I don't have the bandwidth to do it either, even though I often want to help everyone everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think it's good to just acknowledge that I guess if you've said any of these and you want to be different, don't feel like we're shaming you. We are just really taking the, the magnifying glass and looking at parenting as, like I said, as a society more so than like what happens mm-hmm. usually in one individual home. Because if you have these said these things, it, it probably comes from a place of habit. Yeah. And so that you know this, anybody who's listening, anyone who knows us or has been to one of our clubs or anything with us knows we would never, number one, never shame you. We have a lot of, hu- we approach a lot of things with humor, but there's no shaming because plus even one of our principles comes from shame is not productive and it's not mm-hmm. healthy and it's not a good motivator. That's a lousy motivator, like guilt. You know, those are not great. They may get someone to do something, but that's not how you want to get them to do something, which is similar to our parenting philosophy. But I know what you're saying about sometimes I feel like I have these things. There's that cardigan Academy superhero visual I have right now is like grammar girl, but like blue and purple Mm -hmm. (laughs) flying through the air, but there's two of us are flying through the air. But, um, because I get excited because we love what we do. It's not because we we think we're all that it's just that we love what we do like so, so much. And I think what makes me so happy, it makes me so happy when I see our clients commenting to say, seriously take this clue because it's life-changing and it's life-changing several people have said life-changing and i i'm just like wow because if we said that about ourselves it would be like okay (laughs) we will change your life now that several other people have said it i feel like we can Mm -hmm. say people people multiple people have said Mm -hmm. this is life-changing and so it's it's this weird balance of you're right we don't think we're perfect this like our Mr. Rogers episode, he believed every day he was signing up and being who he was. And this is a practice and it's Mm -hmm. not always perfect. And our life isn't perfect and our family isn't perfect. And our kids are amazing, but nobody's perfect. And so, yeah, it's, it's like this weird balance of the superhero analogy is for a couple of reasons, right? It's because we do want to help all the people. It's because it feels insurmountable at times. Mm-hmm. Like I think leap tall buildings in a single bound, right? Because it's like all of the stuff that is up against us as parents. Oh, right. Because how many times when we've struggled ourselves, you and I, with our own parenting and our own kids and our own families, would we have loved a superhero to please swoop in because, oh my God, I'm so tired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or I'm spent or I don't know what to do. We all want that. And so now that's something we... That's part of that village too, right? Mm-hmm. The superhero on the village thing is like, please let us help you because you shouldn't be doing this alone because of course you're tired because of course you're overwhelmed. So, right. That's what the, the clue provides that 
support component of it. Like you're not mm-hmm. watching videos of us relaying this information to you and then going in, back into your everyday life with your family and trying to implement it. Like we are discussing this with you, with the group of other people that are taking the Kloop regularly. And so you get that built-in support to say mm-hmm. everything was working so well. And then like, for example, our cat had to be put to sleep last week. And so anytime something big like that happens, upsetting for the whole family, right? That can make or break these changes you're putting into place. Like even our family is pretty well established and this is the way we do things. And there were still, you know, like you could tell we were tired. You could tell we were stressed. You could tell we were grieving in some of our conversations to each other. And we even knew to make room for Mm -hmm. that and to, to have conversations about it. So I guess my point is like, you might have several weeks that go well, and then you might come and say, my son's girlfriend broke up with him. And now we were connecting and he won't talk to me. He's back to closed in his room, listening to music. Um, Now, what do I do? Because this big thing has happened. The other thing I was thinking when we were talking about it is it's not super nanny. No. (laughs) And I say this because that's that same sort of visual of like super, right? She's going to come into your house and put everyone into tip-top shape. And those parents, it's hard. If you've ever watched the show, she's asking you to do things that for most people really go against the way you want to parent. And so it's it's hard, but she's making you stick to it. There's a film crew in your house. <laughs> and so the other thing that's interesting about what we do at Cardigan Academy is that we see almost every family we work with is relieved in what we're telling them. And the kids are too. Like they think, <laughs> oh, you know, there's going to be more rules. And maybe the parents think Stacy and Devin are going to tell me that my husband's doing it right and I'm not. And we see people soften with relief in mm-hmm. knowing that we are giving them permission to follow their their parenting hearts and also we're giving them the techniques to do it and and proof that it works yeah countering those messages from society that you're going to make your kid too soft or you 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 know don't love them too much or these ideas that somehow those things will ruin kids when you come to Kloops, you're going to find that things like respect and compassion and connection are the best things that you can do and the feedback we're getting from parents uh, besides their own relief and hearing it is that when they go and implement it, I love when they say, I'm so excited to tell you this happened with my child and what would have turned into an absolute epic meltdown and them crying and me crying worked out this way. And oh my gosh, it worked. And everyone's happier and the kids are happier and we're having less meltdowns. We are having less power Mm -hmm. struggles. Like that makes me so happy. And, and in this is that thing you were talking about that because we're not about perfection, even with each other, we're not. Mm-hmm. And with ourselves and with our families and with others, with that not being some videoed, edited presentation that you download and watch, you're with us. I can tell you that very often, just from the conversation with people attending our virtual class and support group, Kloop, we are often say, oh, that reminds me of this less than stellar parenting moment I mm-hmm. had. <laughs> So we share with you as well our vulnerability and ways we've messed up. I know, I know I appreciate when people share ways they've messed up because 
sometimes I read it and think, oh, I, you know, I wouldn't have thought of that. Now I'm glad to think about that now so that I don't do this. Like we're, we're all in this together. Yeah. We're all navigating this and there's no manual. And this is us trying to give you somewhat of a manual so it doesn't feel so overwhelming. Yeah, I will say the flip side of that too then was we're grieving the loss of a pet and you know how much we care about our pets. And in small moments and some big ones, I got to see how amazing my kids are at ages eight and 11 already. So there's also this. I promise you, if you parent the way that we are advocating for, there will be moments that your kids will surprise even you with their level of that same amount of depth of connection and understanding and compassion. Then, like, I got to see my daughter do it for her cat last week. And I was just, I was just so impressed. And so you see it that you see it in their friendships you see it when they start dating mm -hmm. you see it when they get a job you see it in school settings and that's that's an amazing feeling too yeah and hearing it from their professors their teachers their mentors saying to you how well they're doing and it's not about falling in line it's not about obeying authority it's not even any of these things it's it's that they know themselves that they're comfortable in their own skin that they have more emotional connection or what some people call emotional intelligence, that there's just more empathy. There's, um, it's like the emotional equivalent of street smarts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> a really good way to put it. <laughs> I don't know what you call that, but that's what it, that's what it is. And they have that and, and they know you're in their corner. So it's just, it's just such a great way. It also reminds me of that thing people say about finances and retirement, where they say the early money makes the money you know, and investing early mm. is a big payoff later. That's a lot like this parenting as well. There's, it's not like we're going to give you a magic wand and magic instant, instant. So you're going to see changes right away, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be like instantaneous everything. We're going to talk about a lot of time investment and connection. It's like, it's fun and it's good. And and how much this translates into it, it's a time investment, but it's also a time savings because you're, you're going to spend more time enjoying and less time arguing and having a power struggle mm -hmm. and, you know, not getting along. There's just going to be so much more peace and fun, which is, you know, what I love. Like I gentle parenting 101 mm -hmm. is the name of the coop. And I think our, our little like title for it is I don't want to spank. I don't want to yell. So what do I do? Yeah. Cause I hear that from a lot of people. I know what I don't want to do, but but when my buttons get pushed, mm -hmm. when I'm at the end of my rope, well, then what do I do? Yeah. And that's when some of these cliches come out, right? Exactly. And I, and they, because it's like you said earlier, it's knee jerk mm -hmm. and we're being told it constantly. So it's fun for us to like flip it on its head and be like, no, we yeah. disagree. <laughs> and here's why, because it is all trauma informed. And here's what you can do instead. And the week's of the coop. I like how they build on each other too, because I feel like as, as we implement the different things we talk about as the weeks go on, now we're talking about all the more, more fun things, like on this foundation of respect that you've been establishing, the fun you can have, like, this is why, you know, like no one has kids to be miserable. Right. Nobody does, but then, you know, life gets, life is stressful. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, 
parenting can feel stressful and here's all these different personalities under one roof and then the way some personalities connect or clash with other person it's just there's so much to navigate yeah um and we put a lot of that fun back in like the thing people say i hear people say sometimes i meet people who i feel like they're missing the joy in parenting that's it's a lot of complaining which is fine like you your feelings matter if you're having a day have a day say you know we're, we're on board with those kinds of things because we're big on feeling your feelings but i also don't we don't want to see you missing the joy you can mm -hmm. be having we don't want to see you just barely surviving the teenage years hanging on by a thread and then gosh mm -hmm. they're gone and you miss them but then you're also looking back over those years and it was a lot of slammed doors and maybe thrown things and swear words right on both <laughs> on both sides so <laughs> yeah le less of that even though again we talk about how some things are normal at certain stages right. with kids but like we but less of that and more of the joy and the fun and the laughter and the sarcasm and the in, in a good way you mm -hmm. know the good humor and the helping you make your home a place people want to be yeah a safe a safe place you want to be their safe place to land and we help you know how to do that and it's fun for us to be able to do this kind of over and over again because it's so cementing for us and right. um it's a, it's always interesting to me devany and i know for you too because we talk about this but people sign up for a parenting loop and then week one <laughs> we're delving into talking about the parents yeah. and what did you experience growing up what do you bring to the table what do you like and sometimes you can tell when it almost catches them off guard but we explain like trust us this is yeah this is foundational and it's going to play in and then it plays in so much and i love to i love when our clients say things like this is helping me with my parenting and oh my god this helped me realize 10 other things about myself that i'm now mm -hmm. looking into and things are becoming more clear and i know myself better it's it's always just very interesting that like you said the kids think they're going to get more chores yeah. and the parents get like this is how you get them in line and let me tell you about that naughty step <laughs> yeah we start with you because mm -hmm. you are the parent and you and your partner if you have a co-parenting partner we talk about like stacy said what was our upbringing like but also did you have enjoyable memories from high school did you struggle mm -hmm. did you have a, a hobby that you loved and now you're really really hoping that your kid is going to do the same thing or maybe maybe you had a terrible experience and you're hoping they're going to avoid it our stuff as we call it that we dig into that first week sometimes it clouds up our decisions as a parent and the things we say and do and so that just allows us to clear that air a little bit while continuing to always for the rest of the eight weeks then come back and say let's revisit what we talked about in week one i feel like this is bringing up some stuff for me that is more than what's happening in the moment mm -hmm. with my child right because sometimes those things we've gone through can easily become projection mm -hmm. like oh i hated math and so therefore subconsciously sometimes we might be sending out a message of yeah. Ugh, math or I loved Girl Scouts and I want you to do it the whole way through. And you see, you know, like your your daughter's going through the motions, but Girl Scouts may not be her thing. And we talk about that later on when we talk about who they knowing who they are as a person. Mm -hmm. That's why when we do this stuff, we get to help tweak it so that it's more about connection, less about projection, and why we talk about everything from past trauma, things we loved, 
what we bring to the table, our relationships, the, the, we, we take a quiz and learn our own ACE score and how, which is adverse childhood experiences, mm -hmm. what it means for our parenting, how it's going to translate all of this stuff. And then we give you tools to help you, which is perfect for then going into when we talk about kids and how, like I said earlier, certain things at certain ages and stages are actually really normal. Yeah. And man, there's so much comfort that comes from that. <laughs> it's helped Every me. Every single time we teach it, there's someone that looks at us and's like, oh, it's because they're 12. Okay. This isn't something I've done or not done. Yeah. And it's never as an excuse. Yeah, you see that reassurance. I have the reassurance every time, like, oh, good, I didn't like totally mess up. It's normal, or, or this is how their brains are developed. Like, we talk about the science of it. Um, there's so much science and trauma informed care. What we mean by trauma informed care doesn't mean that there's trauma in your home necessarily, but just that idea of how to help your kids mm -hmm. not experience so much stuff that they may have to seek help for later. We're all, we all have our stuff, but we're trying to minimize that. Yeah, and then that same week we do dig into the parenting cliches. Do you want to share one? Yes. I like when we start sharing them and seeing the looks on their faces because you do sometimes. This is the other reason I love that it's live and virtual and connected with people because, mm -hmm. and not just videotaped or whatever, because you get to see their reactions in real time. And sometimes when we share these, we have a list of 10 of them. We're just going to share a couple today. Um, but I like seeing the look of, you know, that yeah. one eyebrow up, one down, or their head to the side of like... Yeah, or they're thinking, I heard my partner. I heard my partner say that last week. Yeah. Yeah. My parents said that, and the, yep. I don't see a problem with it. And I, I don't know. Like, there's this like, are you sure? And then as we explain it, they're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. So one of mine is, and I see this one a lot on social media. I see a lot of this. My house, my rules. And we really dig into how rules and rewards and punishments, which we hear about, right? There's so many books and articles on this, how those can be problematic and a setup for difficulty in your relationship and why principles, I love talking, I love when we dig into principles because we also have an online forum for our clients. And inevitably, when we start talking about principles versus rules, there's always really good discussion in there about like, well, what are some of your principles and then the families everyone's sharing and and we we keep getting even more good ideas from one another even beyond the clue but the my house my rules is this attitude of like i am in charge i will tell you what to do and you will do it and we go into why we're not so keen on obedience and raising little soldiers and this idea that there's this hierarchy and that you're the captain mm -hmm. that calls all the shots Yes, you are the parent, and and yes, ultimately, you do. But we present instead our house, our principles, and we give you specific, very specific ways on a daily basis that you implement this. And and now you're going to find that your kids are way more willing to sure. Come, let me help mm -hmm. you unload the dishwasher instead of day. Why didn't you? I told you. It's completely different mindset, and I love when we dig into that one. So one I hate is you're fine or you're okay. And I think we start this younger than we think, you know, the toddler falls and everybody freezes and you're okay. And 
But no, they're not. They're hurt. And so whether it's a physical hurt, like they fell, or then later an emotional hurt or any sort of feeling, I'm disappointed that I didn't make my theater audition, I didn't get the role I wanted, you're okay, you'll get it next time. It's just very dismissive. And so we talk about a three-step process to do instead, and it is going to leave your entire family feeling connected in those times of high emotion or sometimes even physical stress, right? And my husband and I even practice this for each other because as adults, I think sometimes it's easy to Mm -hmm. dismiss what the other one's going through. Like maybe he came home from a stressful day at work. I've been home with two kids all day and I start going into all the things that have been going on for me. And either way, like his stuff might, I could say, well, at least you got out of the house today. I didn't, you can start this Um, my things are bigger than yours or they're different or maybe it's based again in what we experienced as kids and so it's a way to just as a family commit to not doing that dismissive you're okay you're fine brush it off mentality talking about this with you reminds me too when we do these how it applies for whatever age their kids are like the example you gave of a toddler falling and skinning their knee you're right you start practicing it sooner and yet that three-step trick that we teach people Mm -hmm. that is a game changer because we use it all the time as well in and out of our home and I've got older kids and we continue to I just used it the other day like with my college age daughter like she's away at college and we were video chatting and I maybe had a knee jerk to go Mm. like fix something or what and I remembered the the three things and I was like you know this is this is what I'm going to do so it's something that I love that it becomes I don't know that visual we talk when when you talk about it and I see it and and practice it. So we have parents who come whose kids are tweens or teens or toddlers. And we always say it doesn't really matter how old your kids are. These things apply for all ages. Um, But you're right, Demi, it starts sooner, but it's also never too late. So, you know, if you're listening to this, um, it's like the thing we always say about both things are true. Devonie's 100 percent right, because I, I still get parenting tips that I hear and think, ugh, my kids are older. I wish I could go back in time and implement that. (laughs) And also, well, what's to stop me from implementing it now? Nothing. Like there's great stuff out there and that's what's fun about it. So, okay. So another one of mine, this is probably the one I hate the most. (laughs) I think this one even somewhat led me into the work I do. That's how, how much of an aversion reaction I have to it. I really hate the phrase I'm your parent, not your friend. I just hate that phrase. And I got, and I want to put a little caveat here that hate is not a word you're going to hear me say a lot generally, because there are a lot of other words I'd rather hear. Honestly, it hates such a strong word. So when I use it, it has some punch because it's not a word I use a lot, but this idea that you were going to bring humans into the world, into your life, into your home, and already be setting out to be like, I'm not your friend. I I can't, I just can't. And, and I know what they're trying, I know what mm-hmm. they're trying to say with that, you know, cause we've heard this for years and there's this thought that if you go down that path, they won't respect you. They won't listen to you. You know, you're going to wreck everything. And then there's, you're, you're going to have absolute chaos. Well, it sounds permissive, right? Yeah, it's it, it, right. And this is where our later weeks when we do talk about boundaries, and mm-hmm. that there is a place for them. We we talk about how why it's not entirely permissive and here's how, yep. but you're right. It sounds like that phrase, you know, it's the opposite of I'm running a tight ship. 
the kids are going to walk all over you. But I don't either allow my friends to walk all over me. Right, right. And have you seen that meme that goes around that says, before parenting, I thought I'd run a tight ship and now I've got a ship, but it's on fire yeah. and people are running everywhere yeah. and the mast is down. It's like, it's absolute chaos. So that's what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. But really, we're showing you some something in the middle. Yeah. Like it's not it's not authoritarian and it's not permissive. Mm -hmm. We're showing you how it can be sort of a good balance of better in the middle and how this works. So our contention briefly, although we go into way more specifics in the Kloop is these two things are not mutually exclusive and they don't have to be. And you absolutely 100% can and ought to be both their parent and their friend. And for two seconds, think back to when you were a child. And I know some people say my parents were super strict and it worked for me. And that's fine. I, I, I appreciate the things that you've appreciated, but remember times when you were a child and you were going through something that was hard and how much you would have appreciated being heard, being seen and having a soft place to land rather than maybe somebody dictating to you. Mm -hmm. And so we navigate what this looks like so that you are the parent and you are also their friend because I don't know about everybody else, but I really like my kids. I love my kids. And it is important for me to always enjoy solid, a solid relationship with each of them. And, and that starts now. It's not like they turn 18. It's like, well, we can be friends now. Like, no, we need to learn to navigate this parent, child and friendship these two relationships together now. And yes, it can be done. And yes, it's amazing. Yeah, because I know those people too that went off to college then leaving an authoritarian home and with no limits went pretty wild. And yeah. the side effect of the way we are asking people to parent is that your kids know themselves because we've really dug in to get to know them too. And so not only do they know that you're behind them when they're making these choices, but by default, they're making good choices then because they've had practice in doing that, whether it's starting to say, I don't know, I don't agree with that. If they can do that mm -hmm. to you in a safe environment, then eventually they're going to do it to a boss that might be sexually harassing them or a partner that might be starting to get toxic. All of those things we're afraid of start sooner than we think at home by allowing our kids to know themselves and stand up for themselves. And that kind of leads into my next one, which is that kids need to hear no more. <laughs> so my story with this is, I talked about it and we did a Facebook Live and a YouTube video of the best and worst parenting advice we've ever gotten. You can find both of those if you just search Cardigan Academy on YouTube or Facebook. But um, some of the worst parenting advice I got was when my son was at a gymnastics class as a toddler and he didn't want to do 10 somersaults and then jump through three rings. Like he just wanted to jump in the ball pit. <laughs> like he's two, right? Like. I mean, I'm going to jump in the ball pit and I'm 39. So <laughs> he doesn't, he hasn't learned that impulse control yet, which again, week two, developmentally appropriate. I remember being a little embarrassed and there were some kids that naturally just would go through the motions and there were several that weren't, my son included. And so I remember going up to the teacher and asking her advice. Is he too young for this class? Should I take him to a playground before to let him get out of some of this energy? And her advice was that he just needed to start hearing no more often. And I know to the core of my being with my 
degree in early childhood education, educational psychology, child development, that that is wrong. And still, in the moment, I felt like a terrible mom who was just about to take the advice of this. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know if she was a parent herself. Not that it, not that you have to be a parent yourself, but like this was just someone's opinion. This was just someone teaching gymnastics. <laughs> and here I was thinking, oh, maybe I do. Maybe you're right. Maybe I do. When he wants the red cup instead of the blue cup, maybe I should be saying no. Maybe I should be forcing him to do certain things. Just mm-hmm. And then I, I got really good advice from a friend. And then it was like that allowed me to start listening to my heart which was telling me now. And so we flipped this on its head in our parenting loop too by showing you how much choice you can give a toddler, a preschooler, a school-age child, a tween, a teen. Again, it's developmental and there's still boundaries, but yeah, you know what? If my teen wants to dye her hair, is that really the worst thing? <laughs> Am I right. saying no to that just because I feel like I should or society says so or and I I'm saying that as if it's me but it was funny because she looked at me and said do you care that I and I was like I did all that too so there's a little bit of relating to that but maybe maybe there is some people that didn't explore their clothing choices or hairstyle choices that that are saying Mm. no just because it feels like a habit to say no I didn't get to do that in high school so no yeah like it's just sort of well, what did I do? And, and so if like, I, there's a story I tell about someone I talked to who basically said, I revert to what I knew Mm -hmm. because of course we do. And if if we want to do it differently, then we need to learn a new way. But sometimes it is like subconscious, like, well, it's what I did. And it reminds me of that meme you see that says like, when you're in my house, I want you to comply, obey, listen to me, don't talk back, don't, but then when you're an adult, I want you to stand up for yourself, question authority. Like I want you to think for yourself and know who you are. And it's such a mixed message. Yeah. Like what you were saying just now, it's that reminder that we're raising children. We're also raising adults. Like they're, we're, we're part of parenting is helping them know how to navigate life. Mm-hmm. And that starts right away. Yeah. And those, they always are notorious for asking why all the time when they're like three, <laughs> four, mm-hmm. I, we both are going to allow for bigger wise as they get older. So that might look like, why am I saying no to that? Is it because like we've been saying, it's something that's always been done or do I have a legitimate reason? And it's okay to tell your kids in the moment, I'm not sure, let's do some more research or let's let's figure it out. I love that part of our cloops is that every week they're getting the people who come get these tools and these resources. And it's almost like a joke that they start getting more and more things they kind of put up on their fridge that incorp- get incorporated every day. So we're, we're giving them these tools to do exactly the things like that you're talking about mm-hmm. and helping kids know how to feel their feelings or grow what it means to practice a growth mindset or um, love languages. That's always a big hit when we talk about love languages, um, how to navigate the emotional side of things with your children you 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 get these concrete printable put this on your fridge use and and they're things we use every day again my kids are adults uh we use this stuff all the time Mm -hmm. even with older kids and i know they're great also with younger kids so you get tools and charts and apps we tell you about these apps you can use on a daily basis also to all these little ways that make parenting 
even better. It goes back to that analogy we talked about in our self-care podcast, I think, or something where we talked about how, you know, you've got your foundation. Like if you, if you make it analogous to sleep, they always say, oh, for good sleep, you want a good mattress. And that's so important. And, and it is, that's like the foundational thing. And then there's the white noise machine mm-hmm. and the, I think it was ser- the serotonin episode. Was it? Yeah. That I, <laughs> you're, so this. you're so good at remembering. <laughs> I could be wrong, but that's what I'm thinking yeah. as you're talking. I think it's that. And that came out on this day. Yeah. <laughs> Devin, is an, Fast a, a forward catalog. to the 15 minute mark. No, I don't know. <laughs> but all those little things you do to make to add to the nice mattress, mm-hmm. like all those little, that's what these charts and apps yeah. and tools are. It just makes everything, it's like rounding off those little edges, like making everything a little softer and easier to, to remember how to, to implement the things we're talking about. Or, you know, if you're going from rewards and punishments and rules to now principles and boundaries, what does that look like? We give you specifics. How to avoid sibling rivalry that falls under that mm-hmm. as you're practicing this it's going to translate into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just the way we approach things like, you know, talking the idea of talking back or a united front. Those are more things we talk mm-hmm. about why we disagree and what to do. Instead, we go into all of these strategies for connection and respecting your kids and keeping your kids safe from predators. Like all this stuff. Yeah. Is it, it goes along with it, everything you're saying. And then I think the question we often get at this point is, okay, but what about the big stuff, right? (laughs) Which is why we have an entire week on screen time. That is a big one. (laughs) You'll leave feeling better than you did when you came, when you, when we started. And then we also do an entire week on sex and alcohol and drugs. And again, because this is principle-based and we've laid this foundation, we talk, we dig in a little deeper to these specific concepts, but you're still applying the same principles that you've learned in the first five weeks. It seems different because it's the big parent worries, right? Okay, well, if I let her dye her hair, then isn't she going to come home with tattoos and everything pierced (laughs) in six months? Not necessarily. Like, might just be good with the hair. And in fact, if you say yes to the hair dye, we might lose some of that little bit of like, I got to express myself. I no longer feel need to rebel strongly against everything like teenagers often do. My parents are actually pretty cool. They let me do this thing. They allow me to be who I am. And again, that leads them to know themselves. And then I also love how we end strong with a whole week on additional ways to connect. Yeah, like fun traditions, fun Mm -hmm. things you can do for birthdays or to recognize life milestones, like super creative, really fun ideas. And we, we throw so many out there that it's like, not to overwhelm, but just pick a few, Mm -hmm. pick the ones that appeal to you, throw out the ones that don't, which is our approach with everything we do with people. But yeah, I just, I want to echo what you said earlier about teens and rebelling and let you know that my 18 and 21 year olds both have said to me that they've never felt a need in any way, shape or form to rebel. Um, They express themselves, they know themselves, they they advocate for themselves, but they both have expressed to me that they haven't felt a need to go crazy or rebel or do, you know, because they, they, because of the way we've done these things. And because this is a safe place 
a soft place to land and we've done the boundaries, all these things, like even the screen time thing, I sometimes see people talk online and I realize, man, we're so spoiled because <laughs> I forget that people are, are still navigating mm -hmm. this and having these struggles because we're kind of not so much anymore, not just because my kids are older, but because we've been implementing these things. So yeah. And because your kids are older, I will say there are some things I need to trust you on. <laughs> and we've also <laughs> had people that have taken the clue that said that was nice. Like this voice of Stacy, who's experienced a lot of what we're discussing and Devony's still in it with, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to lie. There's times when I show up to the loop and say, okay, I got one today. <laughs> what should I do about this? And that's where that community support comes in because sometimes I just feel better seeing other nodding faces, knowing that we're not alone. Do you have an extracurricular? Yes. <laughs> I'm laughing because Mark just told me, and I don't know if you're going to leave this in or edit it. Mark said to me, whenever he listens to the podcast and he hears us say, Stacy or Devony, do you have an extracurricular? He's like waiting for the day one of us is like, no. <laughs> nope. Signing off. <laughs> okay. How about, no. Uh, no. What? Why do you ask? <laughs> <clears throat> Stacey, what's your extracurricular today? Ha ha, That's Mark. <laughs> I take that. I don't have one. <laughs> I love everything about this. <laughs> okay, so my, which actually unplanned again, goes along well with this about connecting with our kids. My daughter and I started binge watching a show this summer because our family binge watched West Wing, absolutely loved it. And there's a character for those who have seen it and she's Mrs. Landingham. She's the president's secretary. And we know this actress because she was also in Scrubs. We loved her in that, loved her in West Wing. And I don't wanna give away spoilers in case someone hasn't seen it, but basically something happens and we're like, oh. And so I looked up her IMDb and like i really like this actress and here she's been in two things i really like what else has she been in i saw that she was in desperate housewives <laughs> a show i'd never paid attention mm -hmm. to because quite frankly i mixed it up with real housewives and i thought it was a reality show i'm the one that watches real housewives so if anyone's listening and they watch that you can talk to me if you watch desperate housewives you can talk to stacy talk to me <laughs> so when we read the premise of desperate housewives and saw that this actress we love is in it as the older neighbor, Mrs. McCluskey on Wisteria Lane. Uh, it's one of the reasons we wanted to watch it. She was very beloved in this show as well. And when we read the premise of the show, which is that on Wisteria Lane, there's all these like housewives. It's a little step at times, but also they're just all of their things and their struggles. And it's definitely soap opera-ish and a little over the top. So let's put that mm -hmm. out there. Um, I guess one of the, it's told from the, it's told, the story is being told by one of their neighbors who has died and they're not really sure what happened with her and she's observing her friends and telling the story and you're seeing the stories they all have and how they're interwoven so we've watched several episodes and binge watched and got really really hooked and we're maybe i don't know halfway ish through and kate's away at college and i'm like what are we gonna do and she's busy like we are not able to watch three or four episodes in a row while we snuggle on the couch mm -hmm. and have egg nights which is something she and i love both of eggs and anything made with eggs and so something we do 
so the beauty of it is we can use that teleparty. So this is something I'm enjoying with her when she has time, which we might be watching an episode tonight or Thursday. And often we do it when she's doing her laundry at college. Mm. But we connect and we watch and we have such a good time sending each other snarky comments about the characters and joking about, you know, which of these characters is going to need some therapy <laughs> after oh. all is said and done. It's just so much fun. So I love, I've been really, really enjoying that show with her. I always love hearing what podcast hosts on podcasts I listen to are reading, watching. Mm -hmm. So I, lo I love that. Yeah, me too. That's, I like that um, podcast, Pop Culture Happy Hour. And at the end, they all say, what's making mm -hmm. you happy this week? And I just, I, it's kind of like this with yeah. our extracurricular. I'm excited to hear yours because for those listening, she has that gleam in her eye of <laughs> mischief because, you know, we can see each other on Zoom and <laughs> I don't know what it is. She didn't tell me. So I will preface this by saying this was, I think, the day after JJ died. Evelyn and I discovered this. It is, it's another connection one, too, actually. And we were laughing so hard <laughs> that my husband, who was working from home, like came over to see what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> so we were placing a giant order. Giant is our local grocery store. And so you can do an order where you just pull up to the grocery store, pop your trunk, and they put everything in. So we're on the website, which I'm going to tell you what it is in case you go check this out it's giantfoodstores.com so we're on there we're making a grocery pickup order and somehow I started looking at oh I was looking at um frozen mac and cheese because Evelyn doesn't like box mac and cheese and I was reading the reviews and the reviews said oh you know like no this recipe used to be good but now it's like a little too watery and I was like gosh I never even noticed that giant has reviews on their website Let's look at some more. <laughs> so I searched Raisin Bran. Why? Just randomly? You just picked I just something? Picked <laughs> and there are 549 reviews. <laughs> raisin Bran. Of Raisin Bran? Yeah. <laughs> and so I started reading them and I started laughing. And then I said, Evelyn, let's take turns reading some of these out loud to each other. I'm going to read you one of my favorites <laughs> three star rating raisin bran is one of the best but dot 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 that's the title please improve your quality control nearly every other box has excessive raisins in it in those boxes most bowls of cereal have an unpleasant high ratio of raisins to bran flakes usually this occurs with the last one half to three-fourths of the box Otherwise, Raisin Bran is in my top four cereals I rotate through. I have cereal every night. I don't know what that says about me other than I like cereal. <laughs> Kellogg's, I hold you to a higher standard, which is why this is a three star. Improve this. You'll quickly raise to a five star. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so they ranged wow. from stuff like that to one that just said, helps me poop. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> and we were like, who? Like, Kellogg's is not, Kellogg's quality control is not looking at reviews on giantfoodstores.com. Like, if you really, really, and clearly you do, want to talk to Kellogg's about the excessive <laughs> raisins in the raisin brand, you are going about it all wrong. Like, 
And someone needs to tweet this at Kellogg. Laughter really helped our grieving process. So I just have this in my back pocket. I don't know what other products might have over 500 reviews each, but highly recommend. If you're interested in learning more about parenting, education, and mental health from our therapist teacher team, check us out at cardiganacademy.com. And we are also on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.